welcome to the Resourced Woman Podcast, where we are weaving story and wisdom in and around what it is to be connected to self and the earth by being resourced within. I am Bryony Montgomery, mama of four, body worker, coach, healer, teacher, writer, and founder of The Mother Way, a pathway of healing I created for women who are ready to activate their power by healing their mother wound personally, culturally and globally, resourcing themselves within and deeply rooting themselves in belonging. Welcome to episode six of the Resource Woman podcast. Uh, It's such an honour to have you here with me. And before I start uh, talking about today's episode, I just want to put a trigger warning just in front because I talk a lot about um, sexual abuse um, and domestic violence and women's roles in that um, cultural uh, practice. I want to put a disclaimer just to say that if you're going to be triggered Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about that today. So if that triggers you in any way, that it may not be an episode that you may want to listen to or just make sure that you have extra supports available uh, for you during the episode as well as after. And in today's episode, I'm actually going to talk about ancestral lineage uh, wounding and healing, uh, particularly through the mother line. Um, and how the mother line um, lineage and the wound in the lineage can impact your uh, your day to day. It can impact you in in your day, and how I've been healing my own mother line wounding um, through the lineage uh, for for about just over twenty years since my my mother's death. First, I want to touch on what ancestral lineage wounding actually is, what the ancestral wounds that I'm referring to are. Um, And there are my terms and the way I kind of describe things is very particular to my experience and the work that I do with women um, through healing ancestral trauma and lineage healing. And so, um, yeah, other people will have a different... um, experience and a different take on what this actually looks like but this is what it looks like for me so and 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 also too I want to touch on how it relates to being resourced because it's really important uh, when we're resourcing within uh, to actually move with and make space for ancestral lineage work and so what and the ancestral lineage wounding that I'm talking about, um, and it can come down through the father line and the mother line, but I'm going to specifically speak about the mother line today. And it comes through uh, cultural experiences, it comes through uh, community experiences, it comes through familial experiences, stories in your own family line, uh, relationships, um, basically like a family tree of how you've come to be here uh, in this very moment. And it does take into account uh, uh, global and community events, um, diet, uh, particular uh, time frames of, of the struggles of what um, you know what humans were going through at the time, as well as trauma, any trauma held in in the ancestral line, um, and 
particularly with the mother line that really relates to um, abuse, uh, domestic violence, um, the oppression of women, uh, the roles that women have played um, in in the line, um, in your in your family line, uh, as well as any um, abuse or, or sexual um, trauma that's actually um, happened in the mother line as well. And science has really extended and expanded um, into, uh, and they wouldn't, they don't call it ancestral um, lineage. Um, work but um, it's if you want to have a little look at how the science relates to ancestral um, influence on who you are and and uh, and what's happening in your life right now and and in your story then have a little search on epigenetics because that talks a lot um, scientifically about how wounding and our ancestral um, ideals and cultural experiences, um, you know, way back when have influenced and still influence and impact um, our cellular structure, um, you know, who we are, how we think, how we live, even how we build our relationships and can give you a greater insight into how this wounding and what our, what your ancestors, what our ancestors, how they lived and their experiences are impacting us today and will continue to impact us uh, through our children, grandchildren and down our ancestral line. Uh Impacting, of course, you know, our behaviours, our thought forms, our relationships, how we live, our lifestyle. Um, I believe this links into money uh, and um, and how we build our, you know, our careers or, or our professions and what we choose to do in life, as well as how we parent, uh, how we build community around us, where we live, what we eat. Uh, and I've seen the impacts of um, ancestral choices, ancestral lineage choices coming down the line in my own uh, life and, and that of um, um, my, my clients and students as well. And it's really quite a very interesting and um, awakening and sometimes shocking um, exploration as you go along and you see how... Um, and you look back in your family line and your family tree and you start to listen to the stories and learn about where you've come from and and the patterns that you can start to see that have formed, particularly in the mother line and particularly around women, uh, particularly around misogyny and abuse and uh, women not being heard and being suppressed and oppressed uh, by the culture and by uh, the 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 males in the in the in the father line, and how that's perpetuated each generation, um, and that's not just it's not just um, the ancestral um, wounding is not just things that you're seeing from your uh, living living relatives, living ancestors. It's actually things that are imprinted in you when you're born, imprinted in you in a, in a cellular way when you're born, like a messaging that's brought in when you're, when you're born. It's a blueprint of who you are. And when I first started in um, in looking at my own an ancestral lineage and wanting to heal the wounding through my mother line, uh, I 
I learned at that point um, right back when I, you know, right back 20 years ago when I started um, on my spiritual studies uh, as an energetic healer that the ability to be able like the impact were the impact of the wounding from the ancestral line was impacting seven generations back and seven generations forward. So one singular um, incident or situation or experience was having a, a massive impact on seven generations forward, generations that weren't even born. And so it that was an opportunity that I saw then to have uh you know, to actually heal some of that ancestral wounding in the ancestral line through my mother line um, as well, I, you know, once identifying and, and, and consciously healing it, healing it seven generations back and seven generations forward. And so the ancestral lineage work is really about healing the wounds from the past and and the things and the wounds that you came in with that were choices that were made from your ancestors or passed down from your ancestors and choosing to heal them at a cellular level and choosing to create a different and a new way of living or pathway not just for you but for future generations and for the the lineage um, and also, too, it's um, a great opportunity to heal um, things like disease, um, uh, premature death, um, cycles of abuse um, and trauma, uh, you know, uh, embodied responses of trauma that not necessarily are yours but have been you have brought through uh, vows of po- of poverty that may have been brought through through the lineage as well um, as well as any um, any trauma and things around women being a woman and uh, and and trauma with men this ancestral um, lineage healing can actually really uh, create um, pathways to change the story in the lineage, change a story in the lineage for you and for future generations and also healing those um, who are no longer here seven generations back. Now I've seen the impact of um, the ancestral lineage stories coming through the mother line uh, quite often with women um, that I've worked with or that have come to um, uh, to speak with me specifically around disease, uh, trauma and death in the mother line. And uh, there are definitely, uh, from my experience, um, in most cases, there are definitely a, there's definitely a pattern that forms in the lineage, um, particular you know set of um, diseases that you're more uh, that your bloodline that your lineage is um, more likely to develop uh, some of those diseases can actually be um, hereditary like through science you know through science can actually there's evidence that they're hereditary and some of them aren't hereditary at all and so when we, when the when women have come to me specifically about this, um, it has generally been because that they're uh, afraid 
um, of con contracting or getting the same disease or dying uh, prematurely like their own mother or and grandmother. Um, and it's all that they've actually had the disease or they've had the condition and they, they're in therapy or they've actually come out the other side and they want to understand why they have contracted the same uh, disease and how they can prevent it uh, and and what what they were missing because it was it's an uh, it's an when when you are in a situation uh, where you where your mother uh, or your grandmother or a series of women in your line you can relate to and see a pattern in are dying from a particular disease or condition. Uh, earlier on in their lives than, than they need to, um, then you can start to see that there are, uh, you know, you can start to see lifestyle patterns and, and dietary patterns and emotional patterns and physiological patterns. And, and when those women come to see me, um, it's like they have a death sentence over the top of their head. It's like they have this glass ceiling on top of them that they just can't break through, like this this really heavy, uh, dense fear that they're going to die in the same way as what their mother or grandmother died of. Um, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to stop it. It feels like, um, you know, they're like a freight train heading towards, you know, this, this catastrophic, um, uh, you know, crash uh, and it's debilitating and I and I can relate to that because of, of my own story with my own mother who died of uh, cervical cancer at 42 years of age the age I am now and my grandmother um, on my on my mother my mother's side my grandmother also died of cervical cancer uh, died sorry, with cervical cancer. She actually was an alcoholic. She died of um, hep C, but she had cervical cancer at the time of her death at 46 years of age. And I've also had, just after my mother died, at about 23, 24 years of age, I also had an abnormal pap smear, uh, which I needed surgery for to remove the abnormal cells, which if I hadn't have listened to my body at the time, would have led to having cervical cancer. So in my own storyline, there is a clear pattern and not a scientific, it's not, you know, you, uh, cervical cancer is not hereditary, is not hereditary. So um, in my experience, in my case, there is no correlation between these incidents, but Clearly, there is a pattern of disease or disease in the cervix, in the pelvic area um, of my of my mother line that keeps repeating itself through the generations. So women come to me with the same with same patterning, with the same story, uh, afraid and fearful that they're going to die at the same age as their mother of the same disease that 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 killed their own mothers, and and I'm not. Uh, here to talk about that um, we need to avoid and evade death. Absolutely not. This isn't about, death is a very natural and important part of life. And it's not, it's not so much about uh, prolonging life um, as more it's, it's actually about living your life 
fully and wholly with not this sense of forbidding fear that's on top of you and that you know for me for 20 years I have you know when my mother died uh, back in uh, 2000 2001 2002 um, my my I, I identified when she got when she was sick she got cervical uh, cervical cancer she actually died of renal failure she had secondary stomach cancer at the time of her death that originated from the cervix and when she when she was dying um it was it just you know it was a very surreal experience and there was and i could feel at the time of her um her sickness and her dying that there was something more to it so i already knew intuitively there was something underlying there was something else that was that was present while this um, disease was ravaging her body, and it was after her death that I re- that I made um, a promise to myself uh, that I that whatever it was, it was going to stop with me. That it was not going to continue on with me. And so for twenty years, I had been working towards the age of forty-two, the age my mother died when she had cancer. And so it has been for me for 20 years that uh, debilitating um, idea that, uh, you know, abstract, that debilitating idea of maybe I won't see my children grow or maybe there's nothing else for me after 42. And so, and the more that I tried to move into that and expand into that and feel into that, the more debilitating it actually became. And uh, I've often heard people uh, talk about loved ones who've died and uh, particularly a parent, um, a parent that they're close to and seeing beyond the age that they died for themselves is very, very difficult. And so it's like a milestone really to get there and and, an incredible milestone to get there uh, healthy uh, and not in the same way, in the same condition or facing the same challenges that your own mother um, was at the time of her death. So I've been in this space for 20 years and had this debilitating cloud of fear uh, living on top of me, impacting my everyday, um, not wanting to make too many plans for the future because there might not have been a future. And women come to me with this same fear, this same, um, what can I do? Um, I, I don't want this to be my reality, but I think it's going to be. It's in my line. Um, I can, you know, I can track and there's lots of different patterns of many women contracting this disease, uh, not particularly cervical cancer, but um, any kind of disease. And they want to be able to have a fulfilling life and a joyful life and not have this fear on top of them all the time. But they also want to be able to heal it if there's a possibility to heal it. And I want to speak to that particular part of uh, ancestral wounding and healing ancestral wounds is that I believe from my experience and from what I've seen I believe you can absolutely heal the wounds the lineage wound the wounds in your lineage you can absolutely change 
uh, and heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. You can absolutely, uh, even with that fear or like on top of you and that um, debilitating, um, you know, fear that 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 uh, you try to push away, but it's it's always there. You can still do the work consciously and actively and clearly knowing that that's ahead of you and knowing that that's on top of you and you can you can kind of chip away at it slowly not that it's ever going to really completely go away but it can be reduced significantly uh, as you're making the changes and as you're healing uh, the, the lineage and how do I know this um, it's because I've done it myself so as I said to you um Previously in the episode, um, I turned I turned 42 in 2020 and it was a massive milestone, massive age for me, massive milestone for me, um, being that my mother had died at 42 and I'd been working um, quite consciously and intentionally uh, since her death. So for, for, um, for 20 years since her death, uh, committed to changing this 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 wounding in my lineage and I've done enough work on my I've done enough work um, I've done a lot of work in this area and enough work on my lineage to understand um, the metaphysical properties of disease and how disease is manifested in the body disease comes through you know in the cells but it also comes outside of you um, you know in your ethereal body into and it lodges in your physical body so I knew I've done enough with my energetic healing studies and Reiki and esoteric studies and anatomy and physiology uh, through massage and um, with my aromatherapy qualifications to understand how the body works how the systems of the body work Body's work, body work, and how disease manifests esoterically, metaphysically, and how that correlates to parts of the body. And it's a really very fascinating subject for me um, to match up disease with its metaphysical and physical qualities. And so early on, I learned that cervical cancer, the cervical cancer that was coming through my, my mother line, uh, was particularly linked into um, a few different areas, um, being that it's um, the second chakra area and and also to the first chakra, but um, the second chakra I felt was really much stronger um, through through my family line. So my family line on my mother's side is not a very, so relating it to the first chakra anyway, the root chakra, my fa- the family line on my mother's side is very sketchy and there's a lot of um, abuse and alcoholism and addictions and mental health issues coming through that line. So there hasn't ever been a very good, solid, safe, family-rooted um, culture involved in the family. It was very fractured and very um, dark in its history and so moving into the second chakra where the wounding is manifesting um, comes in the form of you know sexual abuse second chakra is all about 
um, your one-to-one relationships and there hasn't been a very good modeling or history of, of relationships in the, in my mother's mother line. Um, there's been, as I said, abuse, misogyny, um, addiction issues, um, sexual abuse, uh, violence, um, mental health issues, there's even psychological issues um, in the line too. So there's a lot of damage that's come through the mother line that um, women in that line too have been, um, in my own mother line, have been oppressed and suppressed uh, and uh, were not able to, like many women um, today and, and past generations, was ne- where they were never uh, championed or encouraged to be themselves or creative or um, powerful uh, to to use um, their resources to feel um, uh, empowered and powerful and able to make their own choices. Men definitely ruled the roost. Men definitely were primary. In, in the mother line there, they were um, the ones that held the power. And so the the mother line, my mother line, um, has been eroded. Um, the, the resourcing yourself within, resourcing yourself, you know, hooking yourself and rooting yourself into your power and your creativity and your um your intuition and your strength and your even your emotions, your vulnerability, um, your you know your your superpowers of who you are uniquely as a woman has been severed, has been severed, and so it made a lot of sense to me that I could see definitely that the correlation between cervical cancer and being disempowered and wounded and cut off from who you are. Uh, in the center of your power, in the second chakra, which is the center of your power, um, the seat of your power, being cut off from the seat of your power was and has been creating uh, disease in, uh, in, in my mother line. And even with women against women as well, there is women also, um, you know, um, encouraging other uh, women in the mother line to keep themselves severed from power, um, from their power in order to keep the status quo, in order to keep uh, the culture alive and and because they probably don't even realise that this um, situation, that this wound is impacting them uh, and impacting them so, so, so deeply. Um, so... I could see that the cervical cancer in the mother line was definitely um, was definitely a wound that was being carried down the generations, and was definitely linking into um, particular cultural, community, and familial aspects and teachings and traditions that were being passed through each generation, uh, through um, language, through actions, um, coming through in the cellular structure when the, when the child, when the baby is born, um, conditioned with, you know, how, um, how they view the world um, around how they move and form relationships. I could identify the patterning and how that was relating to cervical cancer. So once I discovered that early on, um, after my mother died, once I discovered that correlation, it really just 
lifted the lid for me on uh, it. It just what it just opened everything up for me to look at um, disease and how it manifests in the body more closely, um, and and to f- definitely find the metaphysical and physical aspects that correlated that that spoke that had a language together that kind of fit together to make uh, you know a um, a more holistic a more holistic analysis of what actually was happening within the body um, at the time. And so once I identified that, then I um, started to change the cycle and the patterning in and around how I related to my body, particularly to my womb area and my cervix. Um, I got very uh, clear with... um, making sure I was having regular pap smears, but also um, tracking my menstruation, uh, menstrual cycle and making sure that I was starting to build a relationship with my womb, with my yoni, that I'd never learnt to build a relationship, you know, with when my mother was alive. It was kind of a no-go zone. We didn't talk about the vagina, we didn't talk about sex, we didn't talk about periods, we didn't talk about any of that stuff. It was kind of too messy and too trauma filled for my for my mother. So I learned a lot of that on my own through trial and error and really had a very um a very I had a bit of a love hate relationship with my um with my womb for a very long time and my sexuality for a very long time because I didn't have the guidance um and the uh, culture around me to actually show me how to uh, learn and and embrace this part of my body and see it as uh, you know an incredible power an incredible um, vessel for life giving and um, you know my 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 seat of power that I needed to take care of myself and so I started to build a relationship with my womb space with my yoni. Um, I started to look at um, cycles of abuse and how they were playing out in my life and the men that I was choosing um, and how I was particularly um, choosing um, relationships, not just intimate relationships, but relationships around me uh, where I was placed in a cycle of abuse, where I was disempowered, where um uh, particularly with women, I was choosing women who were also under, you know, also very uh, shut off from their own center of power and would also encourage me anytime I, I uh, got a really good um, sense of who I was, these women were there to uh, to shut me down, to talk me out of it, to move me away, to uh, bring me back into a space of disempowerment through uh, through gossip, through um, uh, particular ways that they live that I would feel inadequate if I wasn't living the same way. So I was noticing the women that I was choosing to be around me were also disempowering me just like my mother, my grandmother, um, my auntie, you know, the women in my mother line had actually done in the past. And so when I um, started to realize that, I started to work on 
being conscious of the choices that I was making with the women that were around me and also to the messages that they were, they were sending um, uh, to me or I was receiving from them and how I actually navigated those and how I – and it wasn't so much about um, shutting down all of those channels. Um, some of them I needed to shut down. Some, of the, some women in my mother line I don't have any relationship with because of the mental health issues and the alcoholism um, and, um, uh, and other – you know, and other um, issues that I don't want my children around. But also too, it was about me learning to be discerning and picking who I wanted in my mother line as a part of my life and my children's life that were open to having these conversations, that were open to listening, that were open to, they were exploring their own journey and um, and, and learning and growing in their own way. And so uh, making space for them to include them more and, and not the women who were very invested in keeping me small and in con- and and controlled, so they could keep their the traditions of the family um, and what they've been raised in as the centre of their life. And so I started to work on that um, quite um, intentionally, and I still even do that today. Uh, and then I started to also work on my mindset around fear, around. Um, experiencing um, death. I I did a lot of work in and around uh, grief and um, um, using my emotions as portals into my body and learning about myself through through the emotional lens, Um, seeing emotions as energy, not as anything that's stagnant, but things that come and go and using those emotions, that vulnerability to move into a deeper understanding and communication with my body and who I was and what I wanted and and my fears and my vulnerabilities and starting to build a relationship with my emotions, which I'd never been able to do as a child because emotions were really deemed as quite bad. So starting to build a relationship with my emotions Um, and starting to use embodied practice and moving into the body in a more conscious um, and intentioned way and learning about myself through my bodily and emotional experiences instead of seeing them separate to me but as part and 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 an incredible and amazing uh, part of me. So that led me into learning about grief and learning about death and dying and um, moving more into my own ancestral story and lineage and traumas and listening for the patterns, um, being open with no judgment, but being open to hearing the experiences of my ancestors and seeing how I could take the stories that were being shared, and with the with family like with and like with lineage healing with ancestral lineage, a lot of the time ancestors, uh, living ancestors, living relatives don't want to talk about the bad stories. They don't want to talk about the character of someone who was actually really dodgy, which I have a lot of those people in both my mother's mother line and my mother's father line. And so they only want to talk about the good things or the good people or the good aspects of the person, the living, the, the person when they were living. Because, you know, that they are age old in my family, um, we don't talk ill of the dead, which I just call bullshit on, really. Um, when we're looking at ancestral 
healing the ancestral wounds of our lineage and healing the cellular wounds within our body, we need to embrace all the stories of all the ancestors, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, of our lineage to understand the patterning, to understand who we are, to understand how to heal it, to understand how to walk in, you know, in um, that disappointment, in fear, in shame, in um, anger, in frustration, in being disappointed by our, the choices or the people that our ancestors were. They are great opportunities to really dive deeper into who we are, into our own healing process, into healing those wounds. The wounds the wounds in the ancestral lineage are not healed by positive affirmations, though you can have that as a part of a much larger and more um, detailed pathway of healing. It's not going to be healed by positivity and love and light and, and everything's going to be okay. It's going to be healed at the guts of the guts of the guts of the mess of the stuff that you don't want to hear, you don't want to see, that's uncomfortable, that makes you feel like, that makes you feel yuck, that makes you feel ashamed of your family, that makes you even feel maybe ashamed in yourself. It's that stuff, it's at the heart of that where you find the healing because if you can listen and be open in that space of receiving the gifts from that person and that in your lineage's story because they are gifts even if the ancestor was awful and terrible and just a really bad person of awful character and did some really horrendous things that person the storyline of that person still has the gold in it for you to be able to see the opportunity for growth and to learn from their mistakes and to set a barometer, to set an axis of what you find acceptable in your own life and what you don't. If we shut down and just choose to see what we want to see in our ancestral lines, then we are essentially shutting down the capacity for healing and bringing into our heart space, bringing into our healing space those in our ancestral line who need healing the most. And they're the ones, they're the ones that have done the absolute worst and most horrific things. So bringing, and I wouldn't recommend you do, you walk into ancestral healing and you bring those people straight. It's a, it's a process. Um, It's, it's a pathway. It's an ongoing journey and it's a journey that does include a lot of self-forgiveness and compassion and love for yourself but also for your lineage also for the women in your mother line and understanding the context of the time uh, the lineage that you've got um, uh, the people that you come from and actually your opportunity today to actually heal and make um different choices for the lineage, for your ancestors going forward, as well as the ones that have already um, that have already passed. And so understanding the stories of your ancestors and where you've come from, the one the not so desirable ones, the ones that have been successful, the mediocre, all of it, you know, picking and actually bringing them in and saying, these are my kin. And seeing the opportunity in the stories, in the way they lived, in in how they died, in how they, um, you know, in, in what they left behind is a really integral and important part of healing 
uh, lineage wounds um, and seeing, uh, taking the story, um, that the stories of your lineage and being able to alchemize and use them as medicine for where you are right now and where you're wanting to move to and, and particularly if you're wanting to heal wounds of disease that have been passed through the mother line. So my own um, ancestral um, wounding and um, healing has taken me down a pathway now where, I wor- where I'm working more uh, with grief and integrating grief as a practice in my, ev- in my everyday in order to um, bring in more joy and to live life more fully, um, as well as um, the ongoing journey um, also uh, brings in uh, actually ritual and ceremony in connecting with my dead ancestors and starting to have an active and alive relationship with those ancestors in my day-to-day and to start to bring that language and those rituals and ceremonies into my family life so my children um, understand um, the importance of having a well, uh, a good relationship with your ancestors and your lineage and understanding where you come from and and in relation to who you are and where you're going. And so I'm still on the journey of healing my own um, my the the trauma in my in my mother line, but being the fact that I'm 42 years of age, the age that my mother died, um, and I don't have cervical cancer. I, you know, see that as as a massive and immense win uh, and uh, an incredible amount of work has gone into healing that wound and creating an opportunity for me beyond 42 to live now with with not that that debilitating um, and suffocating fear that I'd been living under for 20 years and wanting to see that you know, and and wanting to have a life beyond the age of 42. The next one, of course, for me is 46, the the age my grandmother was when she died with cervical cancer. So, you know, it's not as debilitating that uh, fear, but I'm conscious of that in my field now of continuing to work on healing this dis-ease that's in the, the, um, the womb, the cervical space, of my mother line and the way I'll just give you a few um, ideas of if this is something that you'd really love to do I, I'll give you a few ideas of how I'm going to move ongoing with this journey and where you can actually start as well with healing your own the, the wounding in your own mother line so as I said um, previously you know learning about the ancestral lineage um, stories where you've come from, the people that have passed, even the living people as well, being really honest and open uh, and seeing them um, for actually who they are, not who you want them to be, uh, and making uh, choices in and around um, the storyline of your lineage, living and dead, uh, for how you're going to move and create um uh, your life from that point onwards. Um, it could mean reshuffling, readjusting some people in your life, um, maybe trying to form new relationships, maybe not having certain people there, um, maybe moving with them in a different way. 
um, and really adopting and um, accepting the stories from those that have passed in the in the um, in your lineage, uh, and not trying to. Uh, of course, we try to wish it could be different at times. I've been there many times before, but but there there is a freedom in accepting who these people are and how you are here, and seeing that they needed to be that way in a in that particular way in order for you to be the person that you are. So it really does come down to that whole cycle of acceptance. So then you can have acceptance and self love for yourself. A commitment, um, another way of actually starting to heal your ancestral wounding is to start to trust and learn, like to start to trust, learn to trust in your body and um, in your intuition. And that's a continued journey for me. I'm continuing to uh, create um, a relationship with my womb still as as I move into the next stage of, of my um of my womanhood, as well as I have uh, young daughters now, and my uh, they're starting to bud. So there's a new relationship that's forming and actually leading them through their um, building a relationship with their own bodies and their own menstruation. Um, but really listening to to your intuition and and trusting in your body, trusting in your emotions, trusting in who you are, uh, listening uh, and providing support uh, to the the impulses and the feelings and and the sensations that you actually have in your body because your body is the best barometer for you uh, to know what's coming what's here how to navigate Uh, it has it's an incredibly designed um, organism and it it's you know, if we allow it to do what it's here to do, and that's to guide and support us, and if we can nourish it and support it in return, um, I have seen for many years, you know, since my mother died, when I started having a relationship, intentional relationship with my body, how much I could hear and respond to it automatically when there was disease or when there was disruptions within the system of my body, my healthy system of my body, and I could then enable and enact in ways that could actually support my body and support who I was instead of ignoring it or pushing it aside as, as though it's, you know, it's just all in my head. So building a relationship and trusting in your body is really important, particularly in your womb space. Um Integrating another great way is integrating and reclaiming the exiled parts within yourself. So, doing some work in and around um, the in and around the parts of you that are related to your womb space or related to your sense of power, like the things that you really really love to do, the things that are all like your superpower, like your intuition, your emotions, your creativity. Um, your voice, uh, um, embodiment, like movement, how you move your body. Um, each each person, each woman has a unique set of uh, superpowers of, of embodied power within her that um, she has been asked to exile throughout her life and push to the sides or push the shadows because she does. She's she's firstly not white and male. Um, she doesn't. You know, you don't fit the normal, the status quo. You're not the right body shape. You're not the right color. You're not the right. You haven't got the right um, 
uh, from the right, right family, right bank account, um, you don't look right, you don't talk right, you know. And so with all these messages of having to be more or having to be something else other than who we are, we naturally as children, we're taught from early on to push away those parts that people don't like, that people don't agree with. And so reclaiming those exiled parts of ourselves and bringing them back into our day-to-day and starting to live with them and give them space in order to flourish within, our, within ourselves, around us, and starting to build um, our lives through an empowered and powerful um, space within is a really important part of healing uh, lineage, particularly for women in the mother line, lineage, uh, ancestral lineage wounding. Another way that I've also been working with my uh, wounding and healing my lineage wounding is through healing my own mother wound. And the mother wound, it's the work that I do through the mother way. And the mother wound is really um, a central piece and part of healing uh, ancestral uh, wounds through the mother line because um, of a, a oppression and suppression uh, of women through, you know, through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that we're carrying a lot of scarring and wounding, not just from our families and our relationships, but also from a culture that tells us that we need to be more or less to fit in. And so we have um, a mother wound is really a you know, a wound where we've cut off from our center of power, our internal power, our womb space. And so uh, when we reclaim the womb, when, we re- when we're working on healing the mother wound within who we are. And so healing the mother wound, my own mother wound for me has been, you know, the centerpiece of, of everything that I've done for 20 years and reclaiming back my power Uh, connecting with my inner archetypal mother and starting to live from bringing those exiled parts of myself through, trusting in who I am in my body, in my intuition and bringing all those parts of me through that were deemed uh, that there was no place for, bringing all them through and living with them front and centre in my everyday. Super powerful, super powerful with healing uh, lineage wounding in the mother line is healing your own mother wound. Uh, I've also would recommend employing therapy specifically around trauma and abuse and other cycles of abuse. Uh, though, um, you know, that may not relate to you, that may not be um, specific in your mother line. Uh, it's really important to understand trauma um, and cycles of abuse because. In my own experience, uh, domestic violence, for instance, um, I don't know many relationships um, and I live in a pretty fairly alternative community um, in the hinterland of um, Byron Bay here in Australia. Um, I don't know many relationships past uh, or present that doesn't have some um, element of domestic violence in it, whereas the man is in control and the woman is subservient. Um, that is, you know, definitely culturally, um, it's definitely in the culture, and it's definitely in the individual relationships. And I, I've seen it many, many times, and I didn't see it before I actually looked at my own relationship 
And I identified things in my own relationship, which were along, you know, uh, like control and power were along the lines of violence and seeing how I was playing into that and creating that as well as the dynamic of the relationship and where he's come from, where I've come from and how we've created it together. And it can be very, very subtle. Like it doesn't, violence, domestic violence is not just hitting and bruises. Domestic violence can be as subtle as telling your partner or you you know your or your your partner telling you that you can't buy uh you know controlling how much what what you buy in relation to groceries or um in relation to just day-to-day spending or that you can't do certain things because uh you know you have to uh, you know be with the kids or um because he's got to go do golf and that's a big one like there was a friendship that we had a long, long time ago and two really lovely people, but he was always playing golf. He was always uh, out with the out with the boys. He was always off doing his own thing. She was always with the kids. She was always at home. She never did anything for herself. She never bought anything for herself. And she once came to one of my women's circles and she absolutely broke down like I'd never seen before. She never came back um, because it lubricated something so deep inside her and she just was not ready to face the fact that he was so controlling and she had no voice in the relationship. So it can be really – and, and she was happy. You, If you asked her, she would say there was nothing wrong and she was happy. So it can be very subtle in relationships where there's just a subtle imbalance of power. And as I said, I don't – I don't – you know – I can see relationships when I learnt about domestic violence and and cycles of violence. I saw, you know, how many relationships around me in day to day in community is are being are, are in this cycle of abuse in this cycle of domestic violence and they don't even know they're not even aware. So it's really good to become aware of. And learn about trauma, abuse and cycles of abuse for yourself to see the patterning in your own mother line, but also to to see if there's any correlation that patterning in your day to day, uh, you know, right now. The big one, the absolute big one is committing to doing it differently. When my mother died, I made a deep soul commitment and I said to myself, it stops with me. Whatever has been happening in my mother line, in my family line, it's not going past me. I'm going to make it a commitment to change this, you know, this patterning, the abuse, the the sexual abuse, the addictions, the mental health, psychological um, uh, psychological issues that were coming down the line, I made a sole promise to it was going to stop with me, that I was going to heal it, it wasn't going to go past me. And I'm not to say that um, I've been 100% successful with that, but it's still a commitment that I have today and still a commitment that I move, in, move with with my ongoing journey, uh, as well as it was just a really big one. It's got to be an embodied felt, no, I'm going to heal this, it stops with me to actually do the work and then committing to a more aligned to heal the the wound another great place to start the ancestral wounding is committed 
to a more aligned pathway that are that's more integrated with who you are and your center of power and your belief in yourself and your intuition. So like embodied practice and vocalized practice, ceremony, ritual, spiritual practice, grief and ancestral healing, as well as creating like dietary and lifestyle choices in and around supporting your body and supporting your mind and your spirit to be healthy and to be conscious and aware and intentioned. Um, as well as creating your life on your own terms, like um, creating um, a community that you feel supported by, um, you know, creating family out of the community, picking the people that you feel are really um, open and more um, conscious of their behaviours so you can actually feel um, that you can be conscious of yours and you have support in your journey in healing the wounds in your mother line. So being really intentioned in how you want to live and committed and aligned with how you want to create your life for yourself, for your relationship, in your family, uh, in and around your community, even where you live. Um, when I started uh, working on my my um, on healing the wounds in my mother line, I was living in a very different area um, in Australia that was uh, quite suburbanized. Um, it was uh, an area that was quite limited culturally as well as um, not very diverse. Um, and it had a lot of um, prejudices and I- ideal ideal type ways of living that was very uh Pressurized. We were very always pressurized to live within those constraints and conf- confines, but no real sense of community spirit or helping each other out um, in a really embodied and and um, continued way. And so we made it. We made a choice um, not long after, um, probably just before my son was born in 2007, that we wanted to move to a more intentional community and we wanted to live. Uh, on a, on land, and we wanted to be in the in the in the country, and so we started to make really aligned um, and conscious choices on moving ourselves in that direction, and that's where we find ourselves now. We've lived on two rural properties. We live in the Byron um, the Byron hinterland um, now for um, for almost nine years, and that was only made possible because we. We're aligning and conscious with um, what we wanted for um, our family and what we wanted for ourselves. And now we find that we have created and are creating a really wonderful community um, who are becoming, and a lot of them have already become, like family to us. And finally, um, on the journey, it's really important, and I mentioned this before as well, to as you're healing the wounds and looking at your ancestral um, story and where you've come from um, and the disease, the patternings of disease in your mother line, it can be really difficult to navigate and uh, quite painful and filled with grief. Um, and the, you know, absolutely as you journey through this, um, I would really recommend that you have a lot of compassion and forgiveness. Um, and you learn how to uh, you know, implement them into your everyday, yeah, just particularly for yourself and then for your mother line and your, and your ancestral line, knowing that they did the best that they could do. Um, it doesn't take, you know, you can still be angry. It doesn't negate 
um, any, you know, anger is a very healthy um, emotion and a very important emotion um, and disappointment and frustration. I am not, uh, you know, please make space for those because it's really important. When we when we are self-compassionate and self-forgiving, we make space for those big emotions uh, to, again, to have them as opportunities to move closer and deeper into our own experience and who we are. And those vulnerabilities, supporting ourselves in that vulnerable space is a superpower, is something that we need to learn. It's not something that we're always uh, taught from young. We're, we're taught I was taught um, that, you know, emotions were a bad thing and um, they always cause trouble. But when we allow our emotions, when we're present with our emotions, our emotions come in and our emotions uh, go. They transform very quickly when we're present, when we're conscious, when we support ourselves. And so compassion and forgiveness is really important on this journey, having that for yourself and having that for the people, the ancestors that have come before you. Um, And whether they're a part of your life now, whether, you know, the living ancestors are a part of your life now or not, it doesn't negate that you can still feel compassion and forgiveness for them. They don't need to be a part of your life uh, for you to demonstrate that. You can have boundaries and and really clear, firm uh, decisions in and around who you have involved in, who you involve in your life and in your day-to-day, and that's nothing to do with whether or not um, you still love them or whether or not you forgive them for what they've done. Um, so showing compassion to yourself and to and learning that forgiveness for yourself and, and the ancestors on your mother line, whether they're alive or dead, is also a really important um, nourishing practice to work with uh, why you're healing the wounding in your ancestral lineage. Ancestral wounding, lineage wounding um, and healing is such a massive, such a massive um, topic and I could talk about it for for, for much longer. It's a really, um, I, I love the area of, he- I love this area of healing and uh, has had such profound and positive effect on my life. Um, and I wasn't taught any of this. I put all this together through my own journey and my own experiences and my own learning in finding my own way to heal my uh, wounding, the disease in my own mother line. Um, and what I have put together and created has um, been very successful. And so I, you know, yeah, it's such an honour to share um, this with you. And because it's such a broad and varied topic, you know, please feel free to reach out to me um, if you want um, um, any more information or you'd like to know more about my experience in and around uh, healing my mother line uh, and, you know, and how to work through the patterns of your own um, ancestral mother line. Um, feel free to send me a message um, through my website, uh, www.brineymontgomery.com. I'd love to hear from you, your experiences, and really um, love sharing this, um, this, these, my experiences and my journey and the teachings that I've learnt with you. 
and I look forward to sharing uh, again in the next episode of the Resource Woman podcast. Bye for now. listening to the Resourced Woman podcast series. You can subscribe to the series at www.braniemontgomery.com to receive episodes and series updates straight into your inbox. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye for now.